everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Coffee and Wrestling, or wrestling podcast, as we bask in our glory of just hitting a one-year mark of Coffee and Wrestling. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much was, for sticking with us. Right? I think it was sometime <laughs> last week. It was, it was... Yes. If you look in... If you go way back in the way back machine, the archives, the archives. <laughs> one year ago, we posted our first ever podcast about the AEW's first ever Forbidden Door. Yes, and it's actually funny because throughout the past year, I've noticed that as one of been one of the most downloaded episodes over the entire year. For some reason, people even as late as a few months ago, even a few weeks ago, were listening to that podcast. I think it's probably gearing up. For what right, just happened right. in the the second Forbidden Door, but it's kind of funny because I didn't remember that until I think it was probably late last week when it dawned on me that the first episode was Forbidden Door because I started like putting the, you know stuff together for an episode. And then yeah, I, and I had mentioned that I knew we did our predictions for Forbidden Door right. last year, and that's when it kind of put together that that was our first episode. That was our fr- well, if you now we did I did post one. I think it was like six months prior to that when we had the original idea for this, and it was like a fifteen second like, oh hi, my name's Mark, and welcome to Coffee <laughs> and Wrestling, and then nothing for, until but uh, but we have been consistent for a full year since uh, Forbidden Door last year. So yes, I guess thank you, friends. One year we appreciate old cup, it. Of, cup of coffee for you, and we're still going <laughs> one year strong. Old. Old cup of coffee. Um, but we are uh, just post uh, Money in the Bank. Yes. Uh, we had uh, different promotion, door, but yes, right. We had Forbidden Door last week. We had Money in the Bank this weekend, uh, and it was both. I mean, I mean, that's going to be kind of like the focus of our of our our podcast tonight is those two and everything that's happening in between, uh, as well as NJPW news at the end of the show. But if we're going to talk about NJPW news, I don't think we can go anywhere if we're going to talk about Forbidden Door without talking about, quite honestly, the match of the week, match of the month, quite possibly the match of the goddamn year. The Will millennium, Ospreay. depends who you ask. If Will you ask Ospreay Dave versus Meltzer. Kenny Omega. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a, a six-star review from Dave Meltzer if you buy into the Meltzer scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of like look at a match and be like, okay, if, if Dave Meltzer gave this a five or more stars, it's probably a good match. Whether you think it's a perfection, because it's funny, his matches went from five, from five stars to like 10 stars and beyond. I don't know Something what like the rating that. is now. Yeah, I did see an interview that he had with Chris Van Vliet and Dave Meltzer, and he was talking about the stars. And, you know, uh, Chris said something about you've never given Kurt Angle f- a five-star match. And mm-hmm. Dave was like, well, he never like had one in my opinion like right and and i he's like but i gave him plenty of uh like 4.75s and that's close enough and chris is like that's not close enough and dave's like if you have a 4.75 then you might have match of the year that's right. kind of how i look at it he's like it's close enough i know it's- so to have something that's six stars like you said kind of kind of amplifies the idea of how good how intense and uh, how long we'll be talking about this because it doesn't look like it's going to be the end either. I mean, Kenny Omega has has come out and he's even said that he's coming towards the end of his career as an in ring performance. Yeah, and I mean, I can't blame him because he's he's I think he's around my age. I'm, I think I've got a couple years on him. No, I, th- um, I think it's all the way around. Really, he's so he's getting closer to forty. Yeah, than I am, which is surprising. I'm old, um, but no, he's not. he's already said that he's getting closer <laughs> to uh, the end of his career. Um, and even then, like uh, Will Ospreay is not exactly a spry chicken either. He's even starting to show some wear and tear. He's pretty much where Kenny Omega is or was when AEW started. Um, he's like an established name, but he's he's hurt. 
He's been beat up quite a bit. Oh, for sure. Um, Some of his moves really have taken a toll on his body. So I could I could see maybe one. You might be able to squeak out two more matches, but I feel like at that point you're getting too far into the territory of like, okay, now it's just overplayed. It's, you know. I, you got to be careful with it, you know. Right, especially with something th- of this kind of proportion. This, of course. This wrestling, uh, I guess, feud goes between multiple different uh promotions promotions yeah uh it has title belts involved it has not just that it has almost the the entire like shoulders of of njp or having the entire uh, njpw on your shoulders for sure kind of at the contention between these two because kind of not used to this we we took one week off i don't know how to fucking take yeah how to to, to talk (laughs) um but kenny omega basically had njpw you know in his hands and carried it through to what what it was and then Will Ospreay shows up and Kenny kind of officially hands it over to him. And then unfortunately, not completely out of Will Ospreay's control, the COVID sure. pandemic happens. Sure, and which shuts down talks everything. about a lot. You know, it's you very know. difficult for him. So it's it's more, they've turned this into more than just a United States championship. They sure. turned this into more it's like a than just a storyline between match, you know? I'm better than you. This is now a, you know, two warriors of two different eras of the same place finally having a you know head-to-head it's iron man versus captain america it's the hulk versus thor exactly versus the best of the best do you have what it takes to take my torch and continue on with right you know the the wrestling legacy that basically kenny omega has built and And obviously to be like well no it's still my torch of course it's my torch to give out and i don't want to give it to you yeah so it's good it's got a good story behind it and it's very compelling and what they did at njpw a few weeks back was just absolutely incredible uh with with the second forbidden door i mean it, it held up with the standards of what Forbidden Door has been established as because the first one was just absolutely incredible and one of my favorite pay-per-views really of all time. It was just so great, but this one was fantastic too. This you one got is- it. I'm sorry. You Go got to give credit to Brian Danielson for fighting for 10 minutes with a completely broken arm yeah. and still being able to put submissions in and and uh, get Okada to tap. Yeah. It you was, know that's not done either. If you didn't know Brian or Brian Danielson is I believe it's his right arm. Uh, he had his arm in the wrong spot. Okada dropped an elbow on him from the top rope, and it just it it. At first, they thought it was a just a fracture, like a, a you know a small crack in one of the bones in his arm. Ended up having a complete break, right? Uh, much worse than they had thought, and he ended up wrestling for a full ten minutes to end up winning the match. And if you go back and rewatch it, which is exactly what I did once I heard he broke his arm the next day, it's incredible to see what he's pulling off because he's got all these submission moves that he's he's trying to do at the end to Okada. And at one point, he actually starts up the crowd doing the yes chance, which is not big for Brian to do lately. And he said the reason he did that was because he couldn't do what he was supposed to do. Right. So he just had to get the crowd going because he knew he was injured, but obviously didn't realize it was that bad. I mean, that just goes to show you right there, like the quality of a wrestler that danielson is uh and even with uh okada both of them knowing that he's injured and just being able to finish that performance as well as they did and really like making all of forbidden it it, honest to god i will have to say this though it didn't live up to the hype of this match and not that it it, not that it was any fault of this match by any means nothing could live up to kenny and will well not just that (laughs) there's there's no way that they could put on a match after that, I mean, yeah, after that, that Kenny and Will match that would live up to the hype of Danielson versus Okada. It would mm-hmm. have to be its own entity. It would have to be because you can't tell me that. I mean, yes, Forbidden Door is a focus of NJPW and AEW stars fighting against each other, whether storyline or not. 
Um, but the focus of this night was Kenny and Will. They I don't think need, it was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be. <clears throat> they need a second match between Okada and Danielson. I, for we sure. We got the appetizer. We got yeah. the little bit. Okada should not be wanting to stand down and be like, I got didn't get tapped out. This is bullshit. Yeah. You know, the, I, you I can't tell, see it leaving it only at one match. No, because you could tell between genuinely between Okada and Danielson, they didn't give 100. No. Like hit wise, like move wise, like they didn't they left give a lot on the table. And I think that's why, because you can't give everything and then expect people to get really excited about it again. So I think right from the beginning, they had already planned on having at least a second match. And that's OK. Like, I'm OK with that. I think I think oh, it's I'm, well I'm, I'll buy it. I'll buy the pay-per-view. We also had earlier on Forbidden Door, we had Jungle Boy Jack Perry took on Sonata for the. Was it the IWGP Heavyweight Championship? IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Sorry, there's a lot of letters and things here. I'm having a hard time remembering all of them all the time. But it was for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And I think the match isn't really the focus here. Oh, it's not at all. The match was a good match. I I, I I think Sonata kind of wiped the floor a little bit with Jack Perry, but that's okay. And I think that was, once I saw the end of it, I I kind of understood it, but yeah, I I felt a little underwhelmed with the match. Even the match getting put together was a little bit weird. It was just out of the blue. I know Tony Khan said, oh, the first name I thought of was Jungle Boy, and I'm half thinking maybe he should have rethought that, gave it a couple more minutes of thought. (laughs) Sure. Because I, I didn't feel like going into this match, there was a lot of steam behind it. I mean, Jungle Boy's been, you know, a fan favorite for the entire time he's been in AEW, and I think, like I said, the ending of this match, or the post-match is what really mattered, as we saw Jungle Boy ended up turning on Hook, which they've only been friends for a few, a few weeks, so I don't know why everybody's like, oh my god, this is so well, it's been devastating. has been a while. Um, but turns on Hook, ends up taking him out, uh, and to the miss of his father, who's sitting right in the commentary booth. Goes out back, so now we have this big heel turn. He came out on, uh, I believe it was it was Dynamite this week. Cut a okay promo. It, it sounded like you know somebody who's never turned heel, turning heel, running a promo for the first exactly. time. Exactly, I think it needs um, some work, but you have to start somewhere. You know. But I I, the, I I wanted to take away from this whole situation that this is the first time that we've had, and actually, it kind of goes into like the BCC thing with Eddie uh, Eddie Murphy. With Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Kingston. Kingston. I don't know why I said Eddie Murphy. Um, but this is like the first times we're starting to kind of touch on the the wrestlers having to do with something outside of the individuals that are wrestling in the company that aren't managers or common people that are on, you know, in the in the front of the camera. We've got Taz's son, whose hook is now being attacked by Jack Perry, and Taz is making it kind of like a personal thing. He got up and walked away. Yeah, After that match, booth. like he left, yeah, he ended up uh, tweeting out later on uh, that he fucked up, that uh, Jungle Boy's fucked up, um, you know. So it's kind of like, okay, what are we doing with with Taz? Because this is a family member, sure. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't just a a manager or somebody. You're like, oh, I've I've got time and money invested in this. Is time, money, and he's my blood. And you right. know, Taz, right? Taz is, you know, he takes pretty, things personal. You know, you know, uh, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not expecting him to get in the ring because it's been like 20 years, and he's been very, Obviously very open injured. about not wanting to get back in the ring. Um, I don't know, just an interesting kind of concept of what they're doing with this. One of those, like, I think we just need to wait out the process and try to figure out, like what the overall idea for Jack Perry is and understand that if you've loved Jungle Boy this whole time since AEW's conception, then that's a great thing. But you can't necessarily stick with that same thing forever and expect it. Anybody really expect Jungle Boy to be the world champion? But do you think 
you know. And and with you saying that, do you even think that Jungle Boy should be a challenge for Hook? Like they're trying to turn Jungle Boy heel. It's it's pretty apparent, right? Do you like, do you think Hook is a good one to team him up against? Though I mean, Hook has been sold as this. I mean, as as small as he is as yeah. an individual, as a powerhouse. This it, it, he's been only recently been able to been like taken down with attacks. And I mean, I don't feel like Jungle Boy fits into the motif of somebody who needs to be going up against somebody who could literally rip this guy clean in half. Yeah, you know, especially when it comes down, to submissions, like he's he, got nothing on. He's Hook. taken down powerhouse Hobbs, Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jungle Boy? is going to be a challenge for him i just i don't see that it is a weird person yeah. to have him go up against and i don't know how good this is going to do for either one of them if jungle boy loses to hook obviously that put it doesn't put hook over any more than he already is mm-hmm. definitely but, doesn't help jungle boy and on the other hand if you give it to jungle boy i feel like it just kicks the feet out from underneath hook and it completely diminishes everything you've done right for the past what year year and a half they've had him on tv mm-hmm. so i just i I don't know what they're doing. Where do you go? Yeah, what do you do with this? Like, how you know, do you how do you salvage this? You, I mean, I feel like it's a similar story with Luchasaurus and Wardlow. You know that now that you took Wardlow's belt again, you know what do you do? You had this guy that was supposed to be indestructible and didn't lose and came out and you know did the powerbomb symphony and beat everybody and then now he just keeps losing. It's like so every how do you time build he gets the belt, back, he has like three you know? weeks and everybody's like, yeah, Wardlow, yeah, Wardlow, yeah, Wardlow, and then they're just like, nah. You get no belt. We're not going to see you for about three more months. Mm-hmm. Just what it's we... weird, you know. Especially that's since... the problem with having somebody who's supposed to be Goldberg. You know, that's what do you do with Jade now when she comes back? You right. know, it's it's tough. It's it's hard to do something with them storyline wise because you're like you can't let these people lose. You have to let these people win, but eventually they have to lose. Look at Jade and Chris. That worked out great. Right. So I really don't know about Jack Perry and Hook. But I'm really trying to stay invested in the idea of Jack Perry being Jack Perry and not Jungle Boy anymore. Right, right. And being that, a, more of a, a grown-up version of him. Yeah. Back in the singles action, you know? So for me personally, one of my favorite moments of the entire week between WWE and AEW was actually Collision this week. And I think... Collision's been on fire. Yeah, Collision's weeks. been really good. And I think probably like a lot of people, we were a little bit hesitant to have a Saturday night show, another show mm-hmm. on top of everything. But else. I've seen quite a few uh, when when Twitter's working. I've seen quite a few people oh, God. actually tweeting out that they enjoy Collision better than do Dynamite. Recently. That's crazy because I really enjoy Dynamite. But I, do, I actually this week enjoyed Collision a lot more. Right. I really did. I liked it a lot. It was great. It was really it good. It started off with MJF making his Collision debut. He's been a workhorse. He's been working every show the last couple of weeks. Yep. He just made his Rampage debut, I think, last week. Yep. So now he's doing Collision, and he comes out and beats a guy that's a local Hamilton, Hamilton McJobberson. Ontario guy and says, you know, the typical heel champion yeah. moniker and of- And he's been on that Fuck Canada tip. Yeah. Like, I, why don't you send out Hamilton's best- I'll give him an AW, you know, world championship shot right, right. now. I'll put the title on the line. Like, let's right. know who who you got. Right. Some guy comes out and you're like, oh, you know how this yeah, is going to pan he's out. Big dude. You know, you can tell he's an indie wrestler. Doesn't look like he eats anything of a McDonald's. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, it just looks like a fat yeah. slob. And he's, he's calling him out like. And uh, lo and behold, Ethan Page comes out, pushes this guy out of the way. Poor guy. He never even apologizes for it. And he just hits. Not very Canadian of him. I know, eh? Uh, He hits this phenomenal promo, which I really love. And if you don't know much about Ethan Page, we've been blessed to have seen a lot of his YouTube stuff. He, We really got introduced to him thanks to Dan Hausen. Right. Uh, so we've seen a lot of like actual stuff. We've grown to really him. Like, like him. Yeah, as, a, as an actual person, you know. We've been personally uh, you know, invested in, in 
and Ethan of Page's course. life so, outside of wrestling. Anytime so. he comes out, I'm super excited. But he hit a phenomenal promo. He basically said, you know, the people in the back may not understand, you know, what I'm trying to do here. And you may not understand what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to prove something. So, uh, you know, I'm from Hamilton. Like, let's go. Loved it. It was such a good It was promo. really good because it was so emotionally raw. It was it so good. It was. You like you felt really invested. What he what he said, like he believed, but it was all believable things, you know. It was really, really good. And of course the crowd was really hyped for it. And it, you know, after he basically said what he needed to say to MJF, it was one of those things in my head. I was like, is MJF just gonna take the belt and roll out? Like, what are they gonna do here? And MJF actually handed the belt over. I don't remember who the ref was. And was like, yeah, let's go. Let's and do this. And they proceeded to have a match that should have been on a pay-per-view. And this is right after watching Money in the Bank. This was I great. honestly loved this. This was this my was favorite match of the week. phenomenal match. It was great. The promo was great. It had a lot of heart to it. MJF has just been on this phenomenal streak of, of defending the championship. Which he I does. Absolutely he, loved it. Unfortunately, Ethan yeah, Ethan Page didn't win. But it was but a great match. It really, it really was. It was, it was a testament to how good it put him back on the mark. Is not just the third Hardy, you know, right. like <laughs> I don't know. He's doing real good in that role. He really is. But he didn't mention dance. it. He's been having a force to be wearing the arm sleeves. Yeah, but he was like a really serious yeah. character. He didn't here. have to it was deal genuine. with that. They gave him. They gave him his moment in the hometown, and it was really, really good. It, really, it was great. Gave, gave him a chance to showcase why he's been signed to AEW and why he is one of their top performers. Um, so MJF's got the championship right now. What do you think about CM Punk parading around with another championship in a bag? And should they have a match again? Should these two have a match to unify the AEW World Championship that technically CM Punk never got beaten for. He got it taken away. He was I can understand that. But then you'd have to say the same exact thing about the Elite. I mean, they didn't technically lose their trios belts either. Yes. They were stripped of them. But then they came back and they did their match of seven. Of course. And won them back. Just saying, but they, but that's you got to I mean. earn them. They, but that's what they mean. They came back and they did exactly what you're talking yeah. about. They earned those titles back. But he, they didn't walk around saying we're the champions. We, they said. didn't walk around saying I've got the championship and no one's beat me. It's a little bit of a different perspective. Okay, so do I like it? Yeah, I do. I like it because it's a little bit different. It's a little bit cocky. It's it's CM Punk esque. I never lost this. I don't want to give it up. I can understand that. And I like the idea of, you know, if you want to be like MJF, something that he said, you want to be like MJF, just go on, you know, shop AEW and buy yourself a replica title. Right. Because that's pretty much what we're dealing with here. So, like, I do like that. The idea, and if you didn't watch Collision, um, Jay White said that he wanted to take that gold. If there was a gold in that belt or in that uh, bag that CM Punk had, Jay White wants it. Right. I don't think you can defend this belt against Jay White because that's kind of weird. That's kind of what not I really mean, yeah. your belt. So that kind of has me. I feel like you do have to do exactly like you said. You have to do it one more time with MJF to figure out who the champion is. Right. But I don't know. It's like CM Punk setting his own rules. It's like a Roman Reigns thing. It's like Logan Paul calling the executives and being like, put me in the match. Right. It's kind of one of those like entitled things where it's like, well, no, I still have the belt. But but, tell, but what's okay. in there? We haven't and seen I, it. You I don't know? mean to sound like CM Punk fanboy right now. But to go back to his promo on uh, on Collision when he debuted, yeah, nobody has. Where's the lie? Nobody <laughs> has, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Nobody has pinned him or submitted him sure. for that belt. I understand. He's got a point. But he did get stripped of it. He did get stripped. But why can't he have another chance, and why shouldn't we have another chance to see an MJF versus CM Punk for the cha- for the AEW World Championship? But until then, you can't be toying around the fucking belt, acting like, oh, well, I have the belt, but it's in a bag. Like, mm-mm. That's Orange Cassidy's stick, not yours. Last but not least for AEW, we have the Owen Hart tournament, both women's and the men's, currently going on. Uh, we've already seen, uh, was it seven matches? Uh, we're still waiting on Britt Baker and Ruby Soho. But so far, the brackets are going to be CM Punk and Samoa Joe, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Willow Nightingale, and Athena, which, and then (laughs) Sky Blue will be fighting either the winner of, or the winner between Britt Baker and Ruby Soho. Right. I'm relatively excited for almost every one of these matches. It's really fun. I just hope that they maybe stretch this out a little bit more because after they did the Owen Hart Cup last year, they had Britt Baker and Adam Colwin, which was fine. Right. They got belts and then they never did anything with them. So I'm hoping they do a little bit more, even if it's just kind of a bragging rights thing. They do it with, you know, the Andre the Giant mm-hmm. Memorial Cup. They say all year, you know, Baron Corbin won the Andre the Giant Cup. You know, they talk yeah, every about Every once in a while they mention the uh, Owen Hart tournament winners yeah uh I, yeah i just i don't know I, I just i don't know i'm really excited about it For i am some too reason, the I, lineup's I, great last year i wasn't so excited about it when they announced the participants and then uh-huh. this year I, I heard all of them and i was just like okay there's a lot of good matches here i but, really I mean, like got... the lineups here but it's it's more i think meticulously planned right. i think last year it kind of just came together and it was really good superstars facing each other but especially in the men's this is lined up to be really really good there's some great backstory to oh yeah you've got the semifinals right if you've been watching AEW for a while you know powerhouse hobbs and ricky starks they were once part of team ft ftw with brian cage with brian cage brian cage ended up for for a good long little bit and it was just hobbs and 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 ricky and hobbs ended up you know clothesline and ricky uh, you know in the middle of a dynamite completely unexpected uh so of course there's them in this history they've gone back and forth a few matches um but I think the biggest one you've got is CM Punk at Samoa Joe. Yeah. If you've ever watched any type of old ROH, if you are if you haven't, you should. But CM Punk at Samoa Joe, it's been what? Other than last two or two Eight, weeks ago? 18 years. It's been almost 17, 18 years since they've been in a yep, ring together. Yeah, 2005. And now we're going to see a match between two of them. Yeah. I'll be a little bit older. I really liked how Collision ended because it ended with Roderick Strong taking on Samoa Joe. Roderick Strong is so good and right. i knew this was going to be one of the best matches of the entire week and it was it was samoa yeah. joe ended up winning and i really liked cm punk on commentary for this because of course it added that extra dynamic because right. he was able to talk about these guys who have been wrestling for you know 15 20 years um longer than that really but he was able to kind of tell his his own perspective of it. Mm-hmm. But when Samoa Joe won and the camera panned to CM Punk, he had a genuine look of like he just saw a ghost. Yeah, he had that, that like he had oh, to shit. face Samoa Joe. He had that he had that look like oh man, I was really hoping Roderick was going to win this. <laughs> yeah, not that he had a better fight it, going it, against it quickly, Roderick. Once once Joe kind of like advanced towards him, he quickly wiped that look, and he was you know the classic CM Punk. Yeah. But, a little bit of good storytelling there. You know, you saw a, a glimpse, a, a chink in the armor. You know yeah. what I mean? And somebody who's Why not who go seems there, like they're you know? bulletproof all the time. And then you bring back this monster from his past. And you're like, 
Oh shit! I remember how bad he used to hurt me back in ROH. I remember how exactly. how much it hurts to get put into that muscle sure. buster and to get kicked by him. Talk about did. a full circle moment! Like it's and such even, a cool moment. He even made a combat a comment when he uh, when they had Roderick Strong in that in that rear naked choke. He's like, "Oh, I've been there before." Yeah. And it was good. It was nice to see like CM Punk, the the unbreakable, you know, steel man. Exactly. Have that little bit of a crack. Vulnerability in the armor. where he's like, I've been there. That hurts. I know what that's like. Kind of like when Taz gives his input of, you know, I've been in that chokehold. I've been I've in given that submission. That yeah, I, I, know I know how much how that much, hurts. Yeah, I know what that does to a man in yeah. that for 15 CM seconds. CM Punk added a fun dynamic to that. So the second the tournament bracket dropped, you know, I was like, let's go Hobbs and, and Ricky. Oh, there's and no way. So, there's no be. way Kojima was going to win that match between Punk Kojima. and him. There's no way. There's Kojima. no way. And then Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong. I'm pretty sure Samoa Joe eats enough calories to build Roderick Strong three times in the course but of the But tell me Roderick didn't absolutely kill it. Oh, it what? Just... he did. What an absolute unit of a performer. It wasn't like Samoa Joe wiped the floor with him. A unit. A unit of um, a performer. But then on the other side, the women's, I've got, like, I'm super excited for Willow and Athena. I don't know if Willow has just been a victim of circumstance, and she has just been in the right place at the right time so many times, and she, I mean, obviously ended up fighting Mercedes Monet in NJPW. Yeah, it worked out great. She ended up hurt, breaking her ankle, and they did an audible so that Willow ends up getting the NJPW strong yeah. belt, which she'll be de- defending not too long against Julia. Julia? Uh, I don't know how to say what some I think the next day after this comes out maybe Wednesday so oh, that's, that's happening right. That's right. this week. Um, um, but we were also there in ROH when Willow and Athena went head-to-head for my Athena's God, belt. What a match that was. And that was just absolutely terrible. That left us with a, ooh, hope Willow's okay because Athena wiped the floor she did. with her. So but I'm she, really hoping she gets that redeeming quality because now she's the NJPW Strong Women's Champion. She can't go in there and get her ass whooped all over again by Athena. Right. She's the Strong Women's Champion. Right. So I'm hoping that will add a little bit more to her story. But Athena is just on this winning streak and just so dominant. And I almost Ever can't see anybody heel, beating she her. Monster. She's so good. So nice. It's so she's good. So good. You know, poor Sky Blue. I, I'm glad she won. But if she's going to be facing gonna Athena, to, well, who do you think she's going to wrestle? You got either Britt Baker or Ruby Soho. Uh, you what? You think Athena? No doubt is going to win. Because no, I mean, no, no. I I'm think Willow's got a Sky shot. Blue has still, her opponent still. Oh, has to be Sky chosen. Blue. Um, and I'm gonna, definitely going to go with Britt Baker. Yeah. I think Britt Baker would be the better person to have win against Ruby Soho because she can put Sky Blue over really well if Sky Blue does win. Yeah. Which I feel like is the intention. Britt doesn't have to show anything. She's got nothing to 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 show off. Sky Blue's on this up and up, kind of like what they've been doing with uh, Takeshita of just building these right. two people. And I think it's phenomenal. I think that's the right thing to do. And I think that she needs to go forward. But against Willow or Athena, there's no way. She's been kind of in cahoots with Willow. So that that's, would be kind of fun. That's kind of what's got me leaning towards Ruby, somehow cheating out a win to move on to the next one. And she could. I mean, and look at Tony the, and Soraya in her corner. And then you got the super, super goody two-shoes sky blue against the the down and dirty punk rocker Ruby Soho that's sure. going to do anything to get that win. Uh-huh. You know, and that'll add fuel to that outsiders versus I, I, And I like that uh, too. AEW yeah. women's roster or whatever they're Can't still really... trying to do with this 6 months later <sighs> Yeah, it's still not doing it for me. It's still not doing it for me either. And I just can't get behind <laughs> Tony Storm. I'm sorry. I just I don't I don't know. I don't like her. I don't like that she's the champion. Uh... 
I didn't like how she got the bell. That wasn't great. So it's been hard to finishers garbage. Come back from. I'm gonna stop now. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to bigger and better things, and let's just say, go Willow. Go Willow. <laughs> but we didn't even say who your pick is to win for the men. Overall, yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Because you got CM Punk and Samoa Joe. I'm I, I'm thinking it's I gonna live, go. I live my wrestling two days in at a time. And okay. Well, we were just talking about the other one, so I thought just for speculation's sake, win? I think it's gonna come down to Ricky and CM Punk, and maybe CM Punk's gonna have to finally do his official heel turn against Ricky because he's kind of like been the guy to help Ricky lately. The, he in the interview that they just did on Collision, like CM Punk had his arm around Ricky Starks, and the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, that's. That's going to play into this Owen Hart Cup, I think, personally. I think it's going to be Punk and Ricky in the finals. I don't know who's going to win. I hope Ricky. Again, CM Punk doesn't need that. Ricky could use it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it for next episode for who, who do I think on the, next episode, on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z on, you know, coffee and wrestling <laughs> um, for the women, though. I, I Willow all the way hoping for Willow. I know it's going to be Willow. It's going to be Willow. She, she it. deserves it. I, but in the back Willow. of my mind, let's go Willow. Sky. Sky could win it. Sky That'd be cool. Okay, let's move on to WWE. And before we get into the actual premium live event and all of the shenanigans in between, I just want to take a second to talk about something that was a surprise to uh, Natalia, who has been wrestling for God knows how long. She's had a pretty long incredible i think she's going on 113 years this year 113 years not not bad looking for 113 years but she went to her native country of canada recently uh and was awarded with some guinness world records so real quick just going to run over those most wwe matches for a female with 1514 most wwe wins in a career for a female 663 it's pretty crazy because how often do you see her win yeah, right. I wonder how many losses she's had. It's like Serpentico. Uh, they, most, didn't, they didn't present that one. She on don't get the most losses. Most WWE premium live event appearances for a female, 75. Most WWE WrestleMania appearances for a female, 8. Now, these are just in general. These don't say female. Most WWE Raw matches, 174. Most WWE SmackDown matches, 200. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Congratulations, Natty. Congratulations. Can't to win a match on TV to save your ass, but goddamn, you got world records. Six of them. Opposite. That's well, pretty I'm, incredible. I'm sure that takes into account you've got you know house shows and you know everything else, but still eight WrestleMania uh, appearances. That's a lot for anybody, right? Good you know her. that is a really big thing, and I think a lot of people are probably in that boat where they don't really appreciate Natalia. Another but one, you have to understand that she's back that there. A, she's got a massive, uh, you know, backlog of of a well, career. Of course, it's like in her blood. Obviously, uh, Jim Neidhart is her dad. I mean, right. she's in the Hart family. It's it's literally like something that she's been ingrained in her whole entire life, which is incredible. But uh, I think she's underappreciated because she's constantly putting over other people, and she's just kind of been put into that spot by WWE where she's realize that that's her job is just to put other people over and she's right. in the back training people and doing lots of stuff with people in the back too obviously with her husband she's making the product better exactly so you have to appreciate what she's there's done gotta whether be. there's you like gotta be the people it's the workhorses that are behind the scenes that aren't i mean dolph's front. doing it for the men oh yeah it's same thing she is the she's the women's dolph ziggler yep whether you like her or not she's back there putting other people over making people look better whether she's a heel or she's a face man she's out there like constantly doing something you got to give it to her 
So congratulations, Natalia. But let's talk about something a little bit more relevant. Yeah, but fuck Natalia. But fuck Natalia. That was like added. <laughs> it was it was posted like a couple hours ago after Money in the Bank. So it was kind of one of those like she showed up for Money in the Bank in case they needed her to put a talent over, but they didn't need her. Yeah. Um, so was it even Canada? About... She got the yeah. They were in Canada. Work? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good. So I'm re- I am on topic. Good. Yes. Uh, but Money in the Bank happened last night, and it is by far one of the most exciting of the year. Now, I know if you go back a couple podcasts, I'll probably sound... I was sound just going to say, you I, said I, you I don't know. like Money in the I, Bank. It, it's wrestling, it's <laughs> podcasting. You don't know. I I don't even remember what I do two days ago. There are ladder three, matches, so of course ago. they're going to be good, you know? Um, but it does. It was probably one of the better premium live events they've had this year. Not that other premium live events haven't had exciting moments, but it felt like this entire... Short of one thing that happened. The entire premium live event was very well put together. It was very exciting. The one match that I thought wasn't going to be that exciting ended up being probably the most what the fuck out of all of them. What's that? Uh, the women's tag match? The women's tag match blew me away. Like I didn't, I wasn't too super thrilled about the match. It was an okay match up to probably like three quarters of the way through. It started to pick up pretty good. Uh huh. Seemed ending, like the writing was on the wall in that one. The ending. Had it, it absolutely has got me hooked on. What's I liked going it. I, I they had Shayna ends up attacking Rhonda for absolutely no reason. Nothing triggered it. Nothing prompted it. I'm I'm excited to see what are they on Raw? Yeah, I'm excited to see what Shayna has to say as to what what her reasoning is behind attacking Rhonda. Yeah, because now I'm actually interested in Shayna and Rhonda. And I know a lot of people are going to have a problem with like, well, there's no reason like this is. You know, she better come up with like a really good. I don't care. I just agreed. It it was it, it, even if that's the only moment out of this entire. It served you. It got you good. Oh, it. I, Nobody I stood up off the that. couch and went, what? Well, yeah, because I was I, pretty bored of it. I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty boring because it felt like it was gonna be who's gonna get in the armbar, and it seemed like Raquel was about to get it. It felt like a filler match. Yeah. It felt like the reason they were doing this was that so that Raquel and Liv Morgan had their right. chance to get their titles back. And, and this they was what the second match back. of the night after the men's ladder match. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So they started off with the men's ladder match, which absolutely was great. blew me away with it, though. Absolutely, like I, I, I'd clap, but I got a coffee cup in my hand. <laughs> absolutely blew me away. WWE, you sons of bitches, you got me again. Yeah, you got me good. I was not expecting the winner of the Money in the Bank ladder match to be Damian Priest. I mean, so he's he's doing good things, and, I think, and I've grown to love him more each time that he does successfully win. Am I mad LA Knight didn't win? You're uh, goddamn right. Fucking course I yeah. am. Of yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I have to edit that one. Uh, I'm not I, happy about that. But I think, I, I don't think it was a bad idea to give Damien the money in the bank. I, I don't, I think you have a lot to, to do with him. Well, there's a story there, because as soon as he won it, I was like, oh, what about the Seth Rollins and Finn Balor match? And it was not too long after that that, that match happened. And I remember I looked over at you and I was like, this would be a fun way for Damien to cash in because he could cash in on whoever wins this match and it right. doesn't matter. Or he could just come out and his presence with the briefcase is really going to set a story for afterwards. And that's what he did was he well, just came out that, with the briefcase. You not know? only that, he has the capability to walk out there and cash it mid-match and stop yeah. the match, including ending Finn Balor's chance to get that title. Right. And Finn Balor even said, "Would you don't you wouldn't cash that in on me, would you?" And he said, "No, I never would." Yeah, he and said I was cashing, cashing it in, on Seth. And cashing it in mid match would have done that. And I think that thought popped into Finn Balor's head once Damien came out there and sat there ringside. I think at first he was like, "Oh, he's here to support me," 
And then it dawned on him once he stood up the first time was like, oh, you're willing to cash that in right now and ruin my chance to exactly. get yours at my Which is expense. good. There's more storyline with the Judgment Day right And I now. think this is just little tidbits of making Damien go face. I think this is little tidbits of turning Damien into a fan favorite because he does have, he has the, the personality and the build to be seven-year-old Mark's favorite wrestler oh sure he's big sure he's if you like the mummy he's got a big booming this, voice this is great but tell me like every <laughs> every kid maybe it's maybe i'm a dated individual and maybe my seven-year-old times were a whole different than it is now but tell me like that guy wouldn't be an awesome action hero in a movie oh yeah he's tall he's dark he's you know he's got muscular. the voice he's like got you the said voice he's got that swagger if he wants to uh-huh you know he's got the the cool braids that i have no idea how they exist in his head as a seven-year-old you know he's got all the building blocks of like a good villain a good villainous <laughs> face yeah a bad good guy you right know, the anti-hero right. the yes. the guy who comes in and he's not afraid to get his hands dirty but for the right reasons right I can see what they're doing with this. It just sucks that they did it with LA Knight not getting the win. I know. I even thought for a minute, and I'm not going to lie, that Butch might win it. I mean, I, honest to God, anybody, but Lo- I, I tweeted this out last night. Anybody, <laughs> anybody but Logan, but Logan. Pa- Logan Paul could have won that. Escobar could have won that. And I would have been like, okay, let's do something with him now. Well, good, because Santos could use it. I, Butch could have won. And it would have been like, yep, okay, great. great. Same thing. Give it to him to do something with. Yeah, a singles run. Logan Paul, I would have shut off the goddamn TV and I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't watch it again. Ooh, Ricochet had to do all the work to do that. Uh... Kudos to Ricochet for that match. He saved the the pay per view. Oh, he is the current. He is the current Dolph Ziggler. When Kofi Kingston is out of place, Ricochet's there. You throw that man in there, and he is he is ready to perform. If we're going to talk about the Money in the Bank matches, we got to talk about the women's too. It went a little bit more expected, like everybody thought it would. As far as the winner, yeah. Lina was supposed to be slated, or everybody thought he was slated to get that. uh, Damien get got the win. Uh, but Eosky got the win, and how she got the win was fun. It was phenomenal, absolutely wonderful. The the way the it it started off weird though, like it, it really, was slow at, at the beginning. It felt like it was a Trish Stratus, uh, Zoe Stark versus uh, Becky Lynch. Yeah. Sorry, it's I centered around guys. the three of them a lot, and it was and, well, it was good point, there though. Was nobody even touching the ladder. There, everybody was out, and there was the three of them fighting. And what I are think we doing here? That was why was they really wanted you. It was like a magic trick. They want your eyes and your attention Oof. on Becky, Zoe, and Trish because you thought it was probably going to come down to like one of them, yeah. and there was going to be a lot. Now, what I really liked there about has the to be women magic if there's a magic trick. Well, the women's participant. The the people that they picked for this was really fun because everybody had something to do with somebody else in this match. Right. So there was just so many storylines woven in between each other that they were able to focus on, you know, uh, EO and, and um, Bailey, Bailey and then Trish and then it would go to Zoe and Becky and it just... It was good in that perspective that they mm-hmm. always had something to focus on. But I think they were, again, trying to make it seem more like Trish and Becky were the focal points of it. So in the end, it ended up, what was it, Becky Lynch and Bailey, Becky Lynch, Bailey were, were going to climb top. up. And Trish, I think, or it was Zoe, had pulled out handcuffs at one point. Yeah, Zoe pulled them out so they could use them on Becky and put one on, one on her wrist. So she was, you know, when she got away from it, they were fighting. So she, she used was, it to rake Bailey's mouth like a yeah, fish hook to get her, her down the ladder. Down. And then Dakota, <laughs> Dakota Sky out of nowhere. Dakota, Dakota Sky. Sky. EO Sky from out of nowhere 
runs in as they're fighting like between the rungs of the ladder and she grabs their wrist handcuffs them together climbs over bailey yeah she used her as a stepping stone this is after bailey pushed down the ladder as eo was getting to the top about to get the briefcase climbs over her and ends up securing the briefcase loved it great story started off slow and awkward but it yeah the little little intricate woven stories in between each one of the wrestlers and then the ending and how they did it I've never seen an ending like that with a mat- with a ladder match. It was really really fun because you it can do so much with match. these. You can do whatever you want. You can bring out weapons. You can bring out handcuffs. It doesn't matter. Oh, you can have interferences. It doesn't matter. So sometimes it's like pandemonium and like too chaotic. And this was just a really good story. But and I think they that, did a good job with the men's too. But this one in particular just had a really good story. Sometimes that pandemonium turns into a good story. It does. And you you can't don't realize call it. ahead that's, of time. That's hard to do. And WWE is really, really good at doing that. And they are. We've proven that time and time again with the bloodline. It's been, you know, real, a lot of ups and downs. But when it's, when the downs are there, you're like, okay, this isn't that good. But man, when those ups are there, whew, and they just they get you. That's they have that magic. Yeah, I mean the Civil War was was magical. <laughs> oh my god, it was absolutely phenomenal. I, I the match itself, and I don't think the past like five or six Bloodline matches have really been focused around the match itself. The yeah, match has been actual suppository, wrestling suppository. The match has been supplementary to the storyline. And there's literally the only storyline you need to know about this is the Usos ended up pinning. The bloodline, specifically Jay Jay pinned Roman, Roman, who hasn't been pinned since December of 2019, and it was Baron Baron Corbin. Corbin. Um, So main event, Jay Uso can now say that he has pinned Roman Reigns. He has pinned the tribal chief. What do you think this this is going to do to the bloodline? Is the bloodline over? Have we've seen the end of the bloodline? Is, Is the cracks too deep in the bloodline for Roman to be able to recover? From this, I don't know. I I think that Solo and Roman are going to, and of course, Paul, are going to ride this out for a little bit longer because it's not like Solo did something to make Roman lose. Solo was the only one that made this match into a match. He, he did 80% of the Roman work. Roman was getting flustered every time yep. that the Usos would get out. And there out. was actually one point where Roman was actually mentally broken. Not mm-hmm. physically. Mentally, he was like it was after losing the, his shit. It was shit. after the, uh, the Samoan Spike Spear combo, which... Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Solo was the one that looked over at Roman and kind of like hit him and was like, get your shit together. Like, let's fucking go. And Roman like perked up and was like, you're right. Like, let's fucking do this. So they kept going. So really, it was Solo that did everything for them to try to get them the win. And it was Roman that let them down. So I think for one, Solo can stand tall and be like, you know what? Maybe I am the guy because i did all this look what i did you know but i don't think roman's gonna be ready to let go of solo yet one thing i did notice is roman rolled out of the ring and i don't remember exactly what it was but roman rolled out of the ring after being like got hit a couple times flustered paul Heyman was very very adamant towards roman to get back in the ring yeah same as solo you know very like everybody was really trying to bring very roman home nice about it and I, I i that and then that tagged up with uh like you said what solo did? solo did i'm starting to see maybe we might see paul Heyman start taking a liking to solo over i agree a cracking and 
slowly deteriorating yeah, tribal right. chief I always that thought, might not be able to keep it together anymore because exactly. his family is cracked. I always thought it was Roman that was going to kick everybody out, and now I'm starting to think that Solo and Paul are going to kick Roman out. That's what I'm thinking they're going to do. I think it's going to go the opposite so way. So you can continue the quote-unquote bloodline story without the bloodline. It's now just the Solo Sokoa story yeah. with Paul Heyman, and now you have this program between Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa, and the Usos trying to like convince him to stop being such a dickhead anymore. Exactly. Exactly, and now it's Solo's rise to being the tribal chief, and they they have so much left in that. You know, it's not the end of of anything. If Roman loses the belt, the the legacy that they have all built within this company is absolutely incredible. But the most incredible part is to think that Solo could carry on all of this after being in WWE. The youngest for what, of a all year? of all the bloodline. They said he's eight years younger than Jay and Jimmy. That's insane. He's that means he's at the, and he is. He's only been on. TV, on the, uh, ro- the main TV roster for, for a, a year, a, year. a little over maybe it's incredible what he's been able to do he fits in so well, well you don't even hesitate to think he had he they strapped him to the rocket that was the bloodline he they just made him fight every raw in there. every oh, yeah. raw he and i'm not saying and he's not worthy of it i'm not saying that by any any stretch of the means it's just crazy what they've done to build up his career what he's done for himself and our final little piece of WWE this week, we have the ever-budding rivalry. Well, I guess it's not really a rivalry. It's always been a rivalry between these three. You have Charlotte Flair, the WWE Women's Champion Asuka, and Bianca Belair. All kind of going at odds lately. You had a match between Charlotte and Asuka for the championship on Friday, and Belair somehow bought a front-row ticket, paper ticket, a lot of people yes. pointed that out. It's a paper yes. ticket. Who the hell has a paper ticket? Anymore? Exactly. I go to the airport and I get paper tickets, but I don't. I'm not that person that prints them out on my printer and then comes in. No, I you like, use the, I the get airport the, yeah, printer. Yeah, I get the damn airport printer because we heat But he's there, ink. Fuck. She had not only a printed ticket. She was consistently waving it anytime yeah. she was on camera. Front row too. I don't know how when she pulled she, that off. When she wasn't on camera, she had it stuffed in her shirt, and then there was also promo shots of her with said ticket backstage at WWE. Regardless, she ends up interfering in the match, causing uh, a disqualification, making the the championship challenge null and void. Yeah, of course, Charlotte's Um, upset. Charlotte's upset. They've been going back and forth. I think we're going to see one of our main events at SummerSlam being the the, the one, the the pay-per-view premium live event that's happening in, in the next one in August. Um, I think this is going to be one of our main events is these three fighting for the championship. Uh, yeah, I think the writing's been on the wall for that for sure. I'm would, not mad at it. I would love to see this, to be honest. As long as they don't give it to Charlotte. I just feel like she comes no. in here. It's the same thing. It's very Logan Paul. You know, I talked to somebody and they let me in. Like, right. no, that's I, not fair. I feel like this could be a good way to kind of, I guess, humble her in a way. That's you what I'm what hoping mean? for is that Oscar retains and kind of shows everybody else there's a reason why she has the belt. Bianca had a long enough stint. Charlotte's had enough belts. Not that Oscar hasn't won the belt too, but I think it's a good thing to kind of definitively push Oscar as to why that she is the champion. I got to agree with you. Oscar has not had the belt long enough, uh, and I think she has the capability to be that mysterious kind of champion to where. You don't know exactly what they're going to do. You know, John Cena, no, he's always going to come out. He's always going to be, you know, oh, I'm going to fight you because it's, you know, it's WrestleMania. Of course. And that's what the people want. Hustle, and loyalty, he's not respect. Gonna be a, he, she's not going to be a heel either to where she's like, no, I'm not going to fight you because you're not worthy. 
she's just going to be Asuka. She's just going to be fucking weird, and she's going to be spit blue shit in people's faces, and she's going to freak you out and just paint show her up face and not and say it, anything. You're going to look forward to when she takes the mask off, and you get to see how she painted her face that day. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I love it. I'm hoping they keep the belt on Asuka. I know Triple H loves this, her. This, 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 I hope they do a triple threat match with these women, because that would be... Three of the most powerful women in WWE right now. You add a Rhea Ripley in there and a little bit of Bailey, and that would be sure. an absolute shit show yeah. of a five-way match. But I think this would be a really good way to solidify who Asuka as a definitive champion over the other two that have Agreed. been tried and true. That have been a, what she's a 15, 16 time, 14, yeah. 14 time champion. You've got like, Bianca, come on, you know? who's the modern day record holder for the length of, uh, you know, holding, holding the belt. Be- oh. And now you have Asuka, who's it's time for her to shine. It's time exactly. to give her the big spotlight. Exactly. But what you could do from this is build more into Bianca being pissed off at Charlotte, that Charlotte got that opportunity over Bianca. And now you're building a storyline. <sighs> Don't line. you dare say. A heel turn from Bianca? A heel turn? More like a little bit of a, you know, a a hair off to the side. Because she's there. No. She's there. Pull that shit sideways and go all out with it. I want her to roll out with a fucking chair and beat the shit out of these two That's a good one to have a a rivalry like that against. You want to get lippy? Go against Cher. Or Cher. Charlotte. With a a chair. Go against Charlotte. You know, and I think that would be fun to build up something happening between them. Maybe the two of them are too distracted and Asuka does that move where she pushes Charlotte out of the way even though she was about to pin uh, Bianca and Asuka gets the win or something like that so it makes more of a storyline between the other two women. This This has that magic that I talked about earlier. This has got that fucking... It could be... One of the best matches on on SummerSlam, and SummerSlam is supposed to be one of like the sli- like the it's the second half of 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 wrestling in WWE. It's right. you know, the halfway point between WrestleMania, mm-hmm. so I could I could definitely see in this be an absolute barn burner. All right, everybody, hope you packed light. We're going overseas for this one. We're talking NJPW's G1 Climax. It has got thirty two participants. Over a round robin, and that means that everybody wrestles against everybody. You have an accumulative amount of points that you get for wins, draws, and losses. And at the end of it, the it, best survives. The you best know? go back into another bracket, and I believe it's a single elimination until somebody wins the G1 climax. This is like one of the top tier like events in Japanese pro wrestling. In pro wrestling, and this has been this is one of the biggest. This is the biggest one they've ever had. And the winner gets a shot at the... I believe whatever title they want. Okay, okay. If I remember right, it's whatever title that they could ever imagine they get a shot at, guaranteed. It's like no the Money in the what. Bank it is briefcase, the, but... It's the moneyest of banks. Moneyest of banks. So I'm not going to go through every single match because I will be tongue-tied five ways to Tuesday before I get to the third uh, third match. But you have names on here such as Shota Umino, uh, Ren Narita, Sonata, Hikaleo, Chase Owens, Tanga Long, uh, see, I'm already doing Tonga Loa, Tonga Leoa, Tonga Leoa, Kenta Yoshihashi, El Phantasma, who was did a great job over in uh, Forbidden Door uh, last week. Uh, the the Okada that broke Brian Danielson's arm, a great Okan, Will Will Osprey. You got Tomohiro Ishii, is a personal favorite of mine. You have Bullet Club's David Finley. You have Evil Evil, Eddie Kingston, our dude. His debut in G1 Climax. Honest to God, he's my number one. I hope to win, but I don't have much hope for him. He's a guest, but you know. 
they've had people do that and win before. Yeah, one of my all-time favorites to win this is Zack Saber Jr. I just love that guy. And he's he'll on be just... taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, we've got Shane. He got Hayes, this all day. Jeff Cobb. I mean, there's and this is only that's <laughs> only about Coughlin, half the names. Yeah, there's just an absolute plethora of names and talent on here. Each one of them have to fight each person, so it's. There's no like chance of like, oh, you got one over on me. That's right. Everybody the great fights thing everybody. about this. Yeah, everybody has to fight everybody. So and you really a, know the definitive it lasts champion. For a week. I don't even remember what the actual uh end date of it is. I have it on the phone, but I don't feel like pulling it up. But it's like months from now. And we're gonna start watching it next week. Or not next week, two weeks from now. Uh it'll be kind of one of those we'll have to watch it after it happens, but yeah, it happens at like 3 or 4 in the morning. It happens time like 2 or 3 being in, in the morning, Japan, yeah. But it's not super expensive. Do yourself a favor, even if you just for the month to catch catch the G1 Climax. I think it's like 9 It's Okay, eight, it's nine 999 yen, yen, which comes out, I think it's like $7.80 something yeah. cents. It's really not bad. It's a little bit more expensive than Peacock. Peacock. Well, no, Peacock's nine ninety nine, isn't it? It's yes, cheaper it is. than Peacock. There you go. There you go. You got even more wrestling... You don't even have to listen to lame ass commentary of Kevin Kirkpatrick. Whatever, what's his name? Kevin Patrick. Kevin Patrick. Kevin Kirkpatrick. I'm just making up names now. <laughs> I, th- I think you just might have made an in sync reference there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Tell me why. That's not in sync either. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad that we both know that. It's also bad that anybody who listens to this that is um, doesn't remember what you know a floppy disk is won't understand the references we just made. <sighs> god. If you've gotten this far and listened to our long talks about floppy disks and NJPW, thank you. We really appreciate it. And if you haven't followed us already on Twitter, we are at CAW Wrestling Pod. My personal Twitter is at a bacon party, and you can follow Mark at Gunk Dudley. We have a new episode every Monday, so start your week right with a fresh cup of coffee and wrestling. We thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you give us a five star review and download us on all of your podcasts. Even if you need it on a floppy disk, send a self-addressed envelope to our address and I'll send you one out. Oh, do yourself a favor. Don't blow your hands off. Yeah, happy 4th of July. Fireworks aren't worth it, man. Happy 4th of July, but keep the firecrackers <laughs> in the bottles and not glass ones. Paper. Keep them all on paper. Don't play with fireworks. Stop listening to safety precautions with a wrestling and coffee podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you in the next episode. Bag up, bag up, bag up, tear. Put it in reverse, tear. Put it in reverse. Oh, Lord. Lord, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus.